You are Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to the Fantasy Football 24-7 Podcast. Fantasy Football all day, every day. What is up? Welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 4th. Willie and Derek here from Fantasy Football 24-7. You can find me on Twitter at WillieFF247. Hit up Derek at dbro underscore FFB, and you can find us on the main page at FFB underscore 247. On today's show, we will recap last night's Monday night news fest, talk some week 14 bounce back candidates, and we are going to hit that waiver wire. Dbro, what is going on, my man? Sound the horns. Get ready to the cannons. It is fantasy playoff time, baby. Woo! <laughs> It is, man. It's it, regardless of how your league plays, man. It is if you if you're just starting this week, whatever, man. It is it is go time. Like we've been saying for a couple weeks now, let's finish strong, bring those trophies home, and we will continue to do so with tonight's episode. Don't forget to get entered to win a signed Earl Campbell Hall of Fame edition jersey this year. All you have to do to enter to win is rate and review us on iTunes. Be sure to leave your Twitter handle or your email in your review so we can get a hold of you if you're the winner on that. All right, man, let's do that. Let's let's put this Monday night game in the rear view. It, it should be pretty easy, pretty quick to do. Talking about the Eagles, man, uh, what would you see from them? I, I love how you sneak in rear view with the fact that uh, Butt Fumble uh, Sanchez got in this game. There you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. All right, the Eagles – the stat lines look a lot prettier than this game actually was. Carson Wentz goes above 300 yards, two touchdowns, threw a nasty pick to Josh Norman in this one. But, man, this is all about the Eagles forcing the ball, making sense out of the trade for Golden Tate. He leads the team in receiving yards with 85 yards and a touchdown, seven targets in this one. You knew what you were getting out of Zach Ertz in this one. I, I mean, every single freaking week, man. He leads the team in total targets, 10 Nine and eighty-three. He got near scoring a touchdown, but got dragged down. I think it's the one of the two-yard line. So not a whole lot of craziness there. I mean, another snooze fest from Alshon Jeffrey. About three and thirty. The last few weeks since this Golden Tate trade is about what he's been good for, and I don't see better things ahead for him in the next few weeks. So if you got him, until he shows it to you, you got to be parking him on the bench. The run game for the Eagles. We saw Josh Adams get the run in this one, 20 for 85. I would have loved to have seen him get a touchdown, but Peterson just said, all right, we're at the goal line. I'm going to pull Ertz, and I'm going to line us up in a run formation, and I'm going to run straight into the teeth. So no touchdown for Josh Adams because there was no kind of mystery out of that for supposedly a creative coach. You got to like seeing Josh Adams just dominate the early downs. I mean, the closest person in carries to him – was Corey Clement with five. Yeah, Darren Sproles get four. I know he had a touchdown in this one, but that was 14 yards of juking and jiving the whole way. So Josh Adams, he gets in the end zone on this one. He's a low-end RB2. He's probably best seen as that uh, low-end RB2, high-end flex for the rest of the season. But this whole game, I mean, I understand the Eagles put, put up 28 points. They looked better on offense. But I really credit that more to how bad the Redskins are than they're giving the Eagles props in this one. What did you see for the Washington Redskins in this one, Willie? 
Oh, man. <laughs> we do this every week, and it is rarely this ugly, man. Look, for the quarterbacks, Colt McCoy went down. Mark Sanchez entered the game, like you said, 4.8 per was his average per pass attempt. Look, there's nothing to see here. It's only going to get worse. This only knocks everybody down a notch. Sounds like Colt McCoy will be out for the year. I guess we'll have to see on that. Uh, Adrian Peterson was really the lone bright bright spot for the Redskins. 98 yards and a touchdown, 90 of which came on one carry. But look, it's in fantasy, it doesn't matter. You will take what you can get. Chris Thompson only had six carries, 21 yards, no touchdowns. I mean, the receivers, Josh Doxson, 51 yards, Crowder, 36. There was no receiver that scored a touchdown. Jordan Reed, four for 21 at the tight end position. It was ugly all around. Dude. And, and this is really, I mean, hopefully you don't have to bank on these guys moving forward. Like I said, there's nothing to say in terms of what we're going to look at for Mark Sanchez moving forward, but it does hurt the rest of this team. Uh, Cole McCoy was playing some pretty good ball, and he was he looked like he could at least – you know, maybe lift up some of these players that you had to start up. Maybe it was a Jordan Reed, you know, a Chris Thompson. You just lower expectations now. I don't want to trust any of these guys moving forward. Uh, th- there's nothing more to say, man. It was it was an ugly outing for this Washington team. It was clearly the better team won, and it was just it was a boring game, man. So let's just put it behind us and move forward. Anything else before we do move on, though? I did want to add this. We d- we've been talking about stashes on the bench for for a couple weeks now. I think one guy that that keeps that rarely makes those lists is Dallas Goddard because I don't think people think about handcuffing a tight end and and rightfully so in most situations you can't really identify uh, which player would step in and kind of assume that role and and, you know how talented is that guy compared to the other Dallas Goddard is a guy that needs to be rostered Uh, I I did it before this game started just in case man you never know because if something was to happen to Zacherts we know how terrible the tight end position is this guy would automatically jump into that tight end uh, one range easily, top five probably, just because we've seen how much Wentz loves to target the tight end, specifically Zach Ertz. Dallas Goddard is absolutely worth worth rostering, man. I love the call, Willie, because, yeah, I mean, nobody ever talks about it because the tight end position, but for a team that you've seen it, I mean, hell, you've seen it in years past for the Eagles. When Ertz went out, I mean, Selleck was a thing. You know, so I, I, I love the call because, yeah, especially considering how nasty the position is, if anything happened to Ertz, even if you're not the Ertz owner, if he goes out, dude, you just – you don't need to fight on the waiver wire. You don't have to worry about fab, nothing like that. You already got the guy. You're ahead of the curve, man. That's what it's all about by getting ready for the playoffs. You're stacking your roster with these lottery tickets because if they hit, whoo, you are holding up a trophy at the end of the season. Yeah, and look at Trey Burton. He got paid because of uh, Zach Ertz missing some time last year, so I totally agree. All right, man, before we move on, let's talk to the people about Action Heat Clothing. It is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panel similar to a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours, perfect for any friend or family on your holiday gift list, great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, snowboarders, or anybody that loves outdoors or hates being cold. I fall into that category. Make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth. Action Heat is the perfect solution to keep you toasty and warm, even in the most frigid weather conditions. And we got a special offer 
for our listeners. Save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. All right, bro, let's move on. Week 14, bounce back candidates. Start us off. Who are you looking at here? The guy that I got to get up in here, and people are so bad about recency bias in fantasy football, is Andrew Luck. I understand they got shut out by the Jaguars. I also understand that he went for 248 yards, new touchdowns, obviously, because of the shutout, and a pick. And people are going to worry about it. Okay, well, they just saw what Baker Mayfield did against the Texans. He had uh, three interceptions. He got pressured and blah, 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 blah. And they're going to worry about luck for a second. That's crap, dude. Luck has been money all season long. I look for him to bounce back against this Texans team. Hell, dude, if you talk about, okay, so Baker did not have a great game. He still racked up 397 yards versus his past defense, which people would be like, all right, well, it's garbage time. Dude, it's still yardage. And it's not just an isolated incident. The week before that, Marcus Mariota had over 300 yards, 22 of 23 pass attempts. He had completed two touchdowns, no interceptions, as well as because I talked about recency, people forget what Andrew Luck did to this defense earlier this season. 464 with four touchdowns and no picks. I think that this is a get-right spot that Andrew Luck is going to ball out and people are going to be like, hell yes, the man is back. What do you and think, I, Willie? I, I love that, and I, and I think you you lump T.Y. Hilton right into that category with yes. him. I think this is a bounce-back game for both of those guys, no doubt about it. My guy's got to be. I mean, the most obvious is Michael Thomas, dude. It's it's insane to think that, that Thomas has scored single-digit fantasy points in back-to-back games now based on what we've seen. I expect things to go back to normal in week 14. Uh, and, and the matchup is just juicy going up against the Bucks, who he just torched in week one for 180 and a touchdown, scored 38 fantasy points in that one. This Bucks defense has continued to allow fantasy production to wide receivers since that week one game, giving them third most fantasy points to the position on the season, third most touchdowns. If you're in the playoffs, you need Thomas to put up more than the single-digit point performances that he has been. And I completely expect him to deliver this week. I mean, if he doesn't bounce back, dude, that'd be uh, my biggest shock of the week 14 uh, slate, no doubt about it. Absolutely, man. So my next bounce back candidate is a guy that I've gotten on here. I've spent a lot of love for, and this is not the time right now to get cute. I'm not steering away. I'm going down with the ship if I have to. And that's David and Joku. Last week, great matchup versus the Texans. I mean, they have been giving up just bleeding out points to fantasy tight ends all year. And I get that he only had three receptions. I understand the eight yards. A lot of deep shots from Baker towards the end zone that they just didn't connect on. The thing you have to love is the six targets because he got the volume, which that was the biggest thing coming into it. The volume had been up and down in certain weeks But this matchup he's walking into this week, dude, this is a get-right spot. The Panthers, 30th in DVOA versus tight ends, giving up seven receptions, 63 yards per game, allowing the third most fantasy points per game to the tight end position. Dude, we just saw what the Buccaneers did to this uh, Panthers past defense. Njoku is going to be involved and heavily. So I'm sticking with it, man. I'm not going away from it. I believe that David Njoku has the talent and opportunity to ball out this week. 
always, always has that opportunity. I mean, it's always there, the chance for him to have a big game. And I'll, I'll take my chance on a guy like Njoku than playing somebody like Kyle Rudolph. You know what I mean? You know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. It's very limited ceiling. Give me the upside play. All in, man. You know how I roll. All right, my next guy, Emmanuel Sanders. Look, this was my whiff on our DFS segment last week. I completely own that. Only scored five fantasy points last week. But I love this for him to bounce back here against the 49ers, man. 49ers giving up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers on the season. No other team has given up more touchdowns to wide receivers than the 49ers. Uh, Sanders finished second on the team in targets with six. Look, game script script definitely played a role in this one, man. The Broncos only attempted 21 passes in that game against the Bengals. Uh, they, they really kind of, you know, they had it controlled and they didn't really need to throw the ball. And look, we could see that here against the Niners, but I expect him to to lead the team in targets like he more than often does. And this is just the, the, the on paper, the matchup is just too juicy for Emmanuel Sanders not to bounce back, man. I agree. And you've seen outside of last week, his target share has been going back up. Kawan Williams in the slot for the 49ers has been burnt all season long. I think this is another good week for Emmanuel Sanders. All right, man, let's move over. Let's hit the waiver wire segment. Talk to the people. Introduce them to your boy, Jeff Wilson. My dude, my man, I talked about him all week on Twitter. I was like, look, you know, it went under the radar that Alfred Morris was a, he was a healthy scratch versus the Buccaneers. And Wilson played up, man. Honestly, before that Buccaneers game, I had to go Google, figure out, look at some profiles, look at some stats and figure out who this dude was. But Jeff Wilson, in case you do not know, Six foot two ten, 23 year old running back. He has asserted himself as the number two on this team. Hell, Brita has already been ruled out for this game this weekend. So forget number two. This dude is the number one. He will see a volume of at least 15 to 20 touches walking into this next matchup. For a guy that last week versus Seattle, 23 touches, 134 yards. In his final season for North Texas, he had over 1,200 yards, still was involved in the pass game, and you saw it for the 49ers last week versus the Seahawks. Nine targets, eight for 73. The guy is one cut and go. He can catch balls out of the backfield. So you love the running backs that are game script proof. So Jeff Wilson, he's got the size. He's got the talent. He's going to have the opportunity. I, I love him, man. He is my top waiver ad no doubt this week rightfully so with the news about Brita like you know it's he's slam dunk gotta be gotta be at that one slot all right my guy Justin Jackson uh look another guy we mentioned last week in our waiver wire segment this is now back-to-back games that Justin Jackson has looked great dude averaged 7.9 yards on eight rush attempts for 63 yards and a touchdown added a 19 yard reception against the Steelers uh, just to compare, Austin Eckler averaged 1.6 yards per carry in that same contest. He's racked up 120 rushing yards over his last 15 carries, and that's come over the past two weeks. That's eight yards per carry. He's been uber-efficient, man. We we still don't know how long until we see Melvin Gordon again. Uh, it, it, you know, if the 9-3 and three Chargers should not be in any hurry to bring back Melvin Gordon, especially when you got a guy – uh, in Eckler and Justin Jackson looking the way he does. And if he continues to miss games, I think it's in the Chargers' best interest to get this guy some more touches, man. So 
Whether I own Melvin Gordon or not, I am scooping up Justin Jackson if he is available. I love the call. And Chargers take on the Bengals. Who did the Bengals just get ripped in half by last week, Willie? Uh, Philip Lindsay, and then the, every other running back that faced him before that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. So look, Justin Jackson balling out, and the matchup is there this week. If Gordon is out, the guy that I got to get up in here next, and this is going to be a nasty name. Um, I, look, it, 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 I'm going to tell you right now that at this point of the fantasy season, you need to get over names, and you need to get on board with production before I even tell you the guy's name. It's Zay Jones, man. And I'm not just going recency. I know people are going to say, all right, well, fine. He had 67 yards, two touchdowns. You're just looking at box scores, whatever. Nah, dude, this guy is the top option for the Buffalo Bills. In three of his last four games, he's had six or more targets. And two of those last four games, he's gone above 60 yards. He has uh, three touchdowns in his last four games. And, the Bills got to have the ball thrown to somebody. Josh Allen is playing, and I'll give him his due. He's playing better than I thought he would. I'll own it. And Zay Jones going against, uh, who are they taking on? The Jets this week? Dude, the Jets got good outside corners, but Zay spent some time in the slot this year. I think that Zay Jones could have another good game, at least solid. He's going to be in that wide receiver three, flex-worthy. If he – Look, if he gets into the end zone in that one, then he's probably going to end up as a low-end wide receiver two in the week. So if you are strapped, if you're looking at like, oh, I just lost A.J. Green, I'm looking at other players that are just not putting up points. I have a Devin Funches, whatever, man. Zay Jones is a guy that I think you could plug and play this week. Love it because that's a name, like you said, most people are just going to disregard which you cannot do at this point of the season. My my last guy is going to come from that same – Chargers Steelers uh, game and that's Jalen Samuels and he reminded us why it is so important to pick up guys like Samuels like we've been saying when the fantasy playoffs roll around you you know who you're going to be starting you don't have to have this crazy deep you don't need seven receivers when you can only start three it appears like James Conner is going to be fine but you never know adding Samuels is smart whether you own Conner or not if Conner does miss time I mean Samuels is an immediate RB1 contender weekly we saw him score a touchdown on the same drive that Connor got hurt. This is a guy that that did everything in college, man. He's a hybrid running back slash tight end. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, run. I mean, he's a legitimate route runner. Uh, if for whatever reason Connor can't go, dude, Jalen Samuels really is, you know, a do-it-all guy that could could thrive. And regardless, it's a lotto ticket that you have to stash on your bench because we almost saw how quick that this dude that you just scooped up can slide into your RB1 or 2 uh, slot moving forward in the fantasy playoffs. Oh, absolutely. And that, I've heard some chatter about people talking about, oh, well, you know, it could be uh, Stephen Ridley and things of that nature. Like, you know, that, dude, I ain't worried about Ridley. I didn't see Ridley in last game. I didn't see him doing anything after Connor went out. And you look at Jalen Samuels, you talked about it. Everyone's poking and saying, like, oh, he wasn't much of a – he was a do-it-all. He was a Swiss Army knife. He wasn't running back in college full-time. Dude, he kind of showed out in the preseason. I mean, he, had, he they gave him 28 carries in the preseason, 86 yards, and still he's involved in the pass game in the preseason, 8 for 50. 
that's what the Steelers want to do, man. They want running backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield and that are a three-down threat. That sure as hell does not Stephen Ridley. So I ain't worried about that, dude. Jalen Samuels is the pickup. Yeah, Stephen Ridley has been off the radar for years, and he ain't yes. ever making his way back, man. That name is done. All right, that is a wrap, brother. Like I said, you can find me on Twitter at WillieFF247. Hit up Derek at DBurl underscore FFB. And find us throughout the week on the main page at FFB underscore 247. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Stay tuned for tomorrow's show. We will continue to, to shift gears. Get ready for this week 14. Whether you're in the first or second week of fantasy playoffs, let's get it, man. Debra, we'll catch you next time. It is time to go for 24-7. We are out.